Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Dennis and Sam here at Project Quantum Leap and our top secret, beautiful, sunny headquarters of Chicago, yes, Illinois. So hopefully we won't have the heater kicking oh. on like we have. Thank you for your patience. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. The last few, uh, the last few winter months. Yeah, pretty much every episode since you know October, it's been an issue. It's been yeah, and you know it's one of those things like yeah, I was like I would be willing to suffer to like put on a coat and suffer through the cold, but also Sam's wife, yeah, pregnant. Yes, Jessica's pregnant, so I was like I'm not going to ask. No. A poor pregnant woman to, to, to suffer through the cold. No. So. In our bedroom, which is where she sometimes barricades herself while we're recording these sessions, is the coldest room because it sits over, like, the storage units oh, in the condo building. Yeah. So there's no heating down there. So the bedroom, like, it's terrible. But anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, so we're here today to discuss to discuss Sea Bride, um, which is the next to the last, the penultimate, one could say, episode of the second season. Uh, we're directed by Joe Napolitano. Uh, it's his second of 12 episodes. Um, I said that name jumped out. That's really familiar. Yeah. yeah. And he, he will uh, go on to direct the season premiere of season three. So yeah, he uh, will. Just a couple episodes here. Uh, written by Deborah Pratt. Uh, it's her seventh of 20 episodes that she will write or have a story credit or a teleplay credit on. Mm-hmm. Our air date is May 2nd, 1990. So we're nearly 28 years to the day. 28 we years are. and four days. Yes. Uh, as we record this. Yeah. And our lead... Just- Oh, Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, it just uh, yesterday when we were recording, yesterday was the 25th anniversary of the series finale. May 5th, 1993. Oh, man. Oh. 25 years ago, Sam wept like a baby. Not Sam on television, this Sam, the Sam that's speaking to you. <laughs> yes. Uh, 25 years ago, I had school that day. I was in eighth grade. I had a track meet. It was an out-of-town track meet. And I was so excited because I was going to get home just in time to go home and watch the series finale. Wow. And I remember telling uh, somebody else I was so excited because it was the last episode. Sam was going to get to go home. Yeah. It didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert! In case you're uh, you're watching along with us. I I had, uh, much to the horror of many parents out there, I'm sure, I had a TV in my bedroom at that time. I think Mm -hmm. it it would have been 10, no... 12, excuse me, mm-hmm. almost 12, a few weeks shy of being 12, and um, uh, yeah, I, I would have gone to school that day, gotten home, probably watched cartoons like I usually would, you know, uh, read some comic books, but I was geared up for the episode, you know, I knew I knew it was coming, and uh, the ending just slayed me, and I remember, I can remember specifically as watching the episode, and obviously we're going to talk much more about this in, you know, like... 70 weeks. Mm-hmm. But until then, yeah, uh, one thing that I will say is that uh, I, I remember this sort of sense of wonder and confusion with the episode because it was so different from any other Quantum Leap episode, mm-hmm. even from the get-go. Yeah. But not in a we're trying to be different to earn ratings sort of way that like Leap Between the States was. or sure, you know, yeah. But, but it felt, I don't know, it felt incredibly strong, and it felt more akin to like a Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, Sam in the Twilight Zone, 
Uh, and I, I, I know that there are a lot of people out there that are passionate fans of the show that don't like it, that write it off, that are like, it didn't happen. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I think it's exactly the way it should have gone. I can only thank God, time, or fate, or whoever that we didn't get another season because the plan that was in place would have been terrible. Are you talking about the proposed... Yes. The, I don't think... Oh, it would have been awful. To yeah, see no, 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 Sam they, in like a... No, oh. no, I don't think they were ever going to actually do that. Okay. That ending. I think that was just a, a really wild, speculative yeah. thing. God, I uh, so. I really think I, there would have been like one or two weird episodes at the beginning, and then I think we would have gone back more into the, yeah. into the pattern of... You know, shows. I think it's hard. It, it was definitely hard for a 12-year-old me to grasp this, but I will say that while watching the show now, and, and, and especially in the context of the way that we sort of digest television in general, uh, I'm okay with it ending when it ended how it ended. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, 12-year-old me was not. I mean, there's a reason why I'm talking about it 25 years sure. later. Yeah. But I, I think that for the purposes of... Uh, you know, thinking of it and putting it in the context of today, I, I'm okay with the fact that it said we're finished, you know? That it worked, yeah. 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 I don't know. I think it was more my, just like knowing even then that the show was not really ending on its own terms. Sure. Like the, you know, it was written, it could be a series finale, but they didn't want it to be the series finale. Yeah. And I remember, uh, you know, because, you know, then before the internet and like rumors and everything, like, I remember, like, seeing the the leap into that episode from the week before. Yeah. Uh, so from the Elvis episode into that one. Right. And Sam sees himself in the mirror and being really weirded out. And I remember, like, uh, like a half hour later, Jay Leno came on. And in his opening monologue, he announced that they had just announced... Uh, he announced that NBC had just said Quantum Leap was definitely canceled. And actually, in his monologue, he went on a little rant about... It being a quality show and like, why is the show getting canceled? Oh, wow. So I just like, so just having that weak notice, like, oh, this is the last episode. Yeah. And I was sad, but I was also excited because the last episode again meant, yeah, Sam was Sam's going, going home. home. Yeah. No. Anyway, and, and make no mistake, it tore me up. I, I, I literally cried my eyes out. I was incredibly upset at, mm-hmm. at that ending tag, and and. Uh, you know, I remember running out into the living room and telling my mother, you know, that what had happened. Mm-hmm. I was just so upset. Uh, I don't think she knew what to do exactly. I, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Sea Bride. But that's, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's a few seasons later, but Sea Bride. Right. So, uh, again, air date of May 2nd, 1990. Our leap date is June the 3rd, 1954, and Sam has leapt into Philip Dumont. We're in the Atlantic Dumont. Ocean. Off yeah. the coast of New York City, yeah. Statue of Liberty in the harbor. TV Guide, Sam, Scott Bakula, drops anchor Oh my god! as a debonair globe trotter aboard a cruise ship where he must capsize the wedding plans of his aristocratic ex-wife and a venomous hood. So basically, drop anchor must not have had the same exact connotation that it does today in 1990. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah... That was a, that was a creative description right there. Yeah, you know, uh, it is worth noting that uh, this episode did receive an Emmy nomination for outstanding costumes. Yes, indeed, uh, by our friend Jean Pierre. Indeed, yeah, and um, I actually tweeted something earlier about uh, which I don't do very often. Mm-hmm. This usually handles all that stuff, but 
uh, as I was watching the episode this morning, it, they really did stand out. And it, this was before, you know, I mean, I, I obviously having the familiarity that I do with the show, some of these stuff, these things, it's like, oh, that's, I'm aware of this. But right. I, I was not aware at the time that he'd been nominated for the Emmy when I actually made the tweet because I was just sort of like, oh, these are really good. I want to say something about the costumes and the production values overall throughout the episode, I think, are very high. But the costumes in particular stand out, and it, and it feels to me as and just after our conversation with him, it would make a lot of sense. There's something about this that feels like a classic Hollywood screwball comedy film that you would have seen in black and white. Oh yeah, but now it's in color. Yeah, which meant that he got to have a lot of fun, I think, with the palette for these costumes. Um, sure, and and it shows. I mean, it's very much in the mold of a Cary Grant movie because they you know they reference that. Yeah, during. But I don't like off the top of my head. Like I couldn't think. Of it. I don't think it was uh, very specifically tipping its hat to any one specific movie. No, but it was very much in that style, especially yeah. like with like the jumping back and forth between what's going on with 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 Sam's cabin and talking with Al about what to do next, and over in Catherine's cabin with Jennifer and. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of things about this, and I think that it's, again, it's one of the things that the show does well, we've kind of talked about this before, that it feels a bit like a melting pot of different styles, and clearly they're going for that sort of screwball comedy, you know, bringing a baby, Philadelphia story kind of thing, but there's also some nods to, like, Neil Simon plays, like Plaza Suite, there's, you know, the, the direct... Uh, uh, lifting of the line actually when uh, uh, Vinny's knocking on the door and she won't come out of the bathroom that's uh-huh. literally from Plaza Suite oh, okay. um, and uh, and there's some other you know elements um, obviously the um, uh, there's like the Godfather reference that they do sure. yeah. uh, there's the, 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 the malapropisms that uh, that Vinny has which mm-hmm. sometimes are just misquotes but every once in a while like they're you know it, it's just I don't know. There, there's there's a lot of great texture to the episode. Um, it's missing some of that rapid fire dialogue though that some of those movies, you know, like His Girl Friday sure. or something like that, are so yeah. well known for that I think would have enhanced the episode in some ways. Although sure. the kid gets it, she does. Jenny's awesome. <laughs> she is all. She is almost meta, fourth wall breaking. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Absolutely we'll get to that later on. Uh, yeah. So we. Uh, so Sam leaps in. Uh, and he's immediately thrown off balance. Even before the blue has faded away, he is already stumbling off balance. Yeah. Hasn't got his sea legs yet. Yeah. <laughs> and so he makes a comment right off the bat. Uh, Quantum leaping always leaves me unsteady, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, he immediately he looks out the window. He, he sees he's on a boat, pulling away from the Statue of Liberty. Right. As you do. Yeah. Um, also, we should note that there are some calla lilies. Uh, sitting on the table there. Ooh, okay. To our yeah. Deborah Pratt's favorite flower. Yes. Somebody course. else's favorite flower as well, which we'll talk about more later on in yes. the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, what is uh, the thing that say on the banner? We have not yet begun to fight. Yeah, we have that? not yet begun to fight. Jay. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, is like Jenny. Did Jenny send those flowers? Like, I guess. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, that must like be... Like, it's her way of saying, like, don't worry, we got this. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say, this is the first time I have watched this episode in well over a decade. Yeah. Oh, same So, thing. like, I, re- I remembered the broad strokes. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, and so, pretty early on, we get a mirror image of uh, Sam looking in the mirror. Dashing uh, young man. A, a dashing young man. Oh, did I jot his name down. I did not jot uh, uh, this actor's name down. But literally, I think this is the only acting credit that 
that he has looking at IMDb. I would believe that. I absolutely believe that. I can tell you who he is, though. I had it up here. Uh, It's Kent Phillips is the actor's name. Um, And uh, it is indeed the only acting credit he has. But that's one of the things that Jean-Pierre was saying, is that a lot of times they would just literally grab somebody. somebody. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and it's like, here, do this, you know. So, makes, makes sense. For sure, and then uh, and then we have a woman who we will later come to know as Catherine. She burst in, yes, you know. yeah. And uh, Catherine is played by Beverly Leach, mm-hmm. um, who uh, had actually just had a baby uh, a few months prior to shooting this episode, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which she has talked about before, um, and uh, and apparently was concerned about the costume fitting because sure. she had had the fitting apparently before. Um, she'd given birth and, uh, before I, I don't think it was before she was actually pregnant, but before she was like showing or anything. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, yeah. and so, you know, flash forward now she has to do that thing, to get yeah. into this thing. Yeah. And looking at, she has, uh, you know, still working today. Oh, yeah. I saw some more recent credits in CIS. Yeah. Makes sense. Another Don Belisario. Naturally. Uh, I don't know if Don Belisario is still directly involved in the NCIS shows or if he just kind of like tips his hat and he, and... yeah, I don't know either actually. I, yeah, I, 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 that's something that... It's on my know. list to go back and watch New Orleans. I watched part of the first season of, of New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, obviously because of the Scott Bakula connection. Right. And occasionally when I tune in, I'm reminded, and especially like watching this particular episode with, with the dancing and the garbage disposal at the end, and just uh, being a part of some of the Quantum Leap fan groups on, on, on Facebook yeah. that we post our, our episodes in and just seeing like the, the photos and like some of like, like gifs or like action sequences that, that people post in those groups. Right. Scott Bakula is one of the hardest working people in Hollywood. Yeah. Even to this day. They're the guy, yeah, nothing but respect. I mean, yeah. it's, it's incredible without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, one day he's just going to shed the nice guy persona and just be like, <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> yeah. A uh, couple things I wanted to mention real quick about Beverly Leach, though, as we, as we usually do, uh, is that um, I think that sh- she uh, has done Star Trek, which is a running theme throughout this, this episode. episode. We've got quite a few Star Trek alums here. Uh, she also played the character of Elizabeth Sheridan on Babylon 5, which uh, okay. I don't know if I... I've mentioned this, I think, once or twice on the show, but I'm a huge Babylon 5 fan. The thing that's remarkable about that is that she played the character in one episode. It was the first episode the character ever appeared in. It's it's in a like video that one of the other characters is watching. Um, it's very brief. And then when they bring the character back, uh, it's actually the real-life wife of Bruce Boxleitner who plays John Sheridan, Melissa Gilbert ends up playing the character for the rest of the run of the show, which she's only in a few episodes, but mm-hmm. it's still one of those things that uh, I, I always thought was interesting because as a show that relied so heavily on continuity like Babylon 5 did, mm-hmm. they didn't often do things like that, um, but this was an instance where they did, you know, switch, switch course there. Um, interesting. Yeah, which I thought was interesting because the way that the, the show had been scripted out, you would assume that they knew that this character would be coming back, so when they cast her, there had to have been some thought given to say, this is this is our girl, you know, this is who's going to play sure. the role, and then flash forward, you know, like a season and a half, I think, uh, is when it would have been, now we're going with someone else who just happened to be the wife of your mm-hmm. lead actor. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not casting aspersions because Melissa Gilbert is great and the she, show's yes. great, but it was yes. just, it's just interesting to know. She, yeah, she's awesome. Because... I only watched Babylon 5 very passing, but I remember at the time, 
it was somewhat ahead of the curve because like it had a five season plot yeah. that it had scripted out that if they got to last all five seasons, like they would, they yeah, would, they told their complete story. And he, you know, and and, and J. Michael Straczynski, who's the uh, the writer of the show, uh, creator of the show, he certainly had some uh, trap doors sort of built in so that if something happened, sure. he could he could make some changes and adjustments as as needed, uh, which he did have to do because some of the actors, you know, did not return, or mm-hmm. you know, he got pressure from the studio to do this or do that. Or he even mentions famously about one of the actors like broke their foot, and there was a the, the plan was for them to be involved in this big. You know, fight like knock down, drag down, fight, and he's like, "Well, clearly she can't do that because she's got a broken foot." So he yeah. wrote it into the episode, and it changed the tone of the fight completely because it became more of a verbal thing. Sure. Uh, but it worked. It worked really well, and you know, it, 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 I think that it's a testament to people's creativity when you know you, you get thrown curveballs like that instead of having this plan. And it's like, I, you know, I got this plan. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna stick to it. Oh, we can't. We got to do something else, and it still works out. Mm. So. Yeah, but that said, that said, um, speaking of Melissa Gilbert, uh, yeah, years ago, two thousand nine, I saw her in Little House on the Prairie, the musical, at the Fox in St. Louis. Oh my God! She played the mom, and it was it was clearly it, it was a music. The musical was totally cashing out on the TV series. Like it started, like from when uh, uh, I can remember her nickname Half Pint. I can't remember actually remember her character's name on the show. I don't uh, know. I, uh, uh, Melissa Gilbert's yeah her her uh, character's name her name was Half Pint oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah like it started from when she was a childhood like all the way up through like when she got married oh, wow. and she was and when she was a teacher um, but I remember like getting ready to go see it that day I posted on Facebook like hey going to see Little House on the Prairie the musical night can't wait for the song where Mary goes blind <laughs> the name of the song was wow. I'll Be Your Eyes there was actually a song for when. Mary went blind. Oh musical. my god! Anyway, wow, wow, yeah, and it was that. That's all I can say. I mean, we were sitting so far back by the time the show got to us, it was a rumor. But sure, sure, yeah. Oh my god, but that, was a, that was a fun experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I always love the opportunity. Jess and I are gonna try and go see the um, the show over at Steppenwolf right now that Rain Wilson is in. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I hear it's good. You know. Yeah, I haven't. I yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah you know it's. The benefits of working in a ticket office, they get they get free tickets every once in a while and stuff. So, oh, absolutely, you know, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah. So anyway, so, anyway, um, so, so uh, Catherine bursts in. Yep. Philip kisses him, grabs him passionately, and then, and then smacks, smacks him, him in the face. Why the hell are you here? And oh, the boy. tone for the episode is set. <laughs> yes, like, yes. We yeah, we're off to the races already. Yeah, this is one of those shows. Like when I watched it as a kid, like I did not get the comedy of it. Like I remember, mm. like as a kid, like this just struck me as a. Is more dramatic episode because like the comedy was lost on me. Sure, as a kid, but like going back and watching it as a doll, I was like, oh yes, obviously. Um, so we come back from, excuse me, we come back from opening credits. We are aboard the Queen Mary. Um, in this first scene, we we find out a lot. We find that Philip was supposed to have been dead. Yeah, him and Catherine were married at one point. He was going to go sailing, and he disappeared. Disappeared. And she thought that he had abandoned her, and in that time, Daddy got the got the marriage annulled. Yeah, and she moved on with her life. And then it turns out he was capsized and shipwrecked, and it took him three years to get back. But he finally got back. Yeah. 
Yes, he did. And yeah. now he's here to try to win her back with this this plot that's been cooked up with uh, with her own little sister. Yeah. yeah. And so it's this scene is funny because like it's one of the scenes we get a lot where the person on the other side of the conversation, Catherine, like she thinks Sam knows everything, and like right. Sam's like fishing for information. And, he, and so basically, like, so what, why don't you keep talking? Why don't you tell me what's yeah. what's going on? It's very, it's an extremely like classically sort of structured comedy bit in, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways, and yet at the same time, it's something very specific to Quantum Leap. Sure, uh, you know, I feel like there are certain beats of this that are just, you know, again, it's this is how you write this scene if you're, you know, Neil Simon or you know if you're yeah. Howard Hawks back in the day or whatnot. But but at the same time, it's got that you know, specific flavor of Quantum Leap, which is that Sam, you know, being the fish out of water and completely disoriented about what's happening here. And even as he's picking up some of the pieces along the way, it's still very much a case of what the hell well, is going on. And I will say I appreciate, and, and I'll come back to this point a couple times throughout the episode, is like there are a lot of episodes where when Sam meets a woman in the first few minutes of the episode and there is some sort of antagonistic relationship or some conflict, Sam automatically starts biting back. Yeah. And in this one, he doesn't. That's true. Uh, and he stays more or less kind of, I mean, like, he, he's there to do a job, but he kind of stays say, stays detached Yeah, during during the episode. In this one, it's like, like, you know, like, like, Good Morning Peoria or Her Charm. Yeah. Like, he would jump in and start, like, snapping back at her. But at this one, he's more like, he's, like, hanging back and he's, like, trying, just trying to get information and get his bearings. You know... Catch his balance, if you will. Yeah, nice. Uh, which is funny considering the last episode, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Which actually brings up a great point, because we're going to talk about, uh, or we'll save any, any specific spoilers for the end of the episode. Sure. Which is a suggestion that Dennis made, and I think it's a great idea. Uh, that said, I, I, I can't help but wonder... Because the show is so much a part of my childhood and was viewed initially through those eyes, mm-hmm. and because of the way television was done, you know, 25, 30 years ago, I can't help but wonder if there's a lot more foreshadowing that's been taking place in some of these episodes leading up to the season two finale and season three premiere. And the reason why I say that is because there's this genuine feeling I have that we've gotten these flashes of Sam approaching the leaps in a very workmanlike nature. Like, how do I fix this? Where do okay. I go? I want to, you know, I'm ready to move on. We've sure. had him literally say the line, I want to go home. We've, we've, we've had these sort of these, you know, these stories about his family and about his dad, you know, we're getting, you know, hints about Al and, and, you know, what's happened to him in the past and where he's coming from as far as Vietnam goes and everything. So there's this part of me that can't help but think not that there was a master plan in the same way that like Babylon 5 or a lot of modern television shows mm-hmm. have, but if there was a, enough of an idea of where they were heading specifically for season two finale and season three premiere, if some of these things aren't being peppered in, in order to lead to that sure. as an emotional arc and journey for the characters and specifically for Dean Stockwell and Scott Bakula, yeah. the actors. And you make, yes, you make a great point. Like, cause I like very, uh, like the last four episodes working backwards, from this one, Sea Bride, Maybe Baby, Leaping In Without a Net, Pull Hall Blues. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. With, and you with, with, with Freedom. Yeah. Uh, not because with that one, he does get emotionally involved at the end. He does. But like yes. in Pull Hall Blues, these four episodes, like he does care, but it is a very workmanlike, mm-hmm. it's a very like workmanlike nature. 
uh, he doesn't get too he doesn't get too emotionally evolved right thing you know he's just like he's here you do your job he cares boom on to the next thing yeah 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 so I mean it's just it's it's a thought um because he does, you're right. He he is acting a little bit differently than he's than he has been in the past, especially when confronted with you know, like thinking of um, uh, help me out. What episode am I thinking of? Witness protection. Uh, uh, her charm. Uh, yes, thank you. Her charm. With her charm, it's like almost immediately he's like, oh god, not this. Right. Like, exactly. I yeah. Have to, fine. You know, it's like just t- shut up and let me drive, sort of thing. For sure. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, so so I, I don't know if, if that was the case or not. But it's easy to think that and infer that through a 2018 lens as sure. opposed to my, you know, my 1990 lens, which granted was a nine year old lens. There was no thought to that, you know, absolutely. It was just like, what's going to happen this week? Yeah, you know. for sure. So what's going to happen now is there's a knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I can't remember the exact dialogue I said, but, but dad is ready to burst in. Yeah. And, and so Catherine is like, like hiding in the closet. So we get this bit of physical comedy yes. trying to, to jam her, and her, yeah, full dress in the closet, yeah, yeah. and uh, and then uh, Weathers uh, bust through, bust through the door, yes. just as Sam was opening the door, so he flies in, played by J.G. Hertzler, <clears throat> yes, who I am very familiar with mm-hmm. because of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, the finest of all incarnations of Star Trek. Um, he is, uh, actually very famous for having played multiple characters. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, the most number of characters, um, of any one actor on that show, which is saying something because there were multiple actors on that show, uh, who actually played a a number of characters as well. Um, the most famous character that he played was, uh, General Martok, who is a Klingon character, which, uh not to jump ahead too far, makes the fact that he has the line in this episode to Sam, you have no honor, mm-hmm. even better, because it's it literally when he said it, I could picture him saying it you could as hear, Martok, yeah. and hear it as Martok in Deep Space Nine. Which, like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Next Generation. Watch a little bit of Deep Space Nine, have never committed to it, got into it. Sure. But... Yes, like a totally yeah. Hear his hear his Klingon voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this right here, uh, which I love. I'm sure you read this trivia on too. Like when he was in his audition for that role for for Martog, uh, the director asked him to uh, show a little bit more anger, and so he responded by throwing a chair across the room, <laughs> which apparently is a thing of his, which he's kind of known for. Uh, it, it cost him a thumbnail, but it got him got him the role. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic! I didn't, uh, I actually didn't know that, or if I did, I'd completely forgotten it. Yeah, uh, but apparently, like further down on his trivia page on IMDb, says he's good, he's good natured, but he has these uh, violent outbursts against furniture, uh, which seems to be somewhat of a uh, of a uh, specialty of his. Wow, yeah, wow, I love it. Uh, if you want to get someone's attention, yeah, right. And if you go look this guy up on IMDb, his his profile picture just looks like he's he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. Yeah, he's, he is sixty eight years old, which is also worth noting here because he's only like nine years older than Beverly Leach at the time yeah. the episode was shot. You know, he's only like forty or something. Yes, yeah. uh, that's what what struck me as like watching this episode as a kid. Obviously, he looked older. Right, but watching this episode now, it's like you are. You're older, but you are not as old as you are playing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's great, though. Uh, but yeah, so so uh, he bursts in. There's some dialogue. At, at one point, 
basically tells Felt if he doesn't go away, then he strikes a boxing pose. Yeah, punches him in the face. Middleweight champion Mid- at Harvard, yes. Harvard. Harvard. Which, by the way, 19, IMDb 19. is incorrect because they identify him as the heavyweight champion. And I'm sorry, but whoever put that up there is wrong. Hey, because he clearly yeah. says in the episode, middleweight champion. We'll go back and correct that. <laughs> Maybe. 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 Maybe here. Um, and, and so we got this nice comedic moment in there where... Weathers is is grilling him, and Sam's like, "Well, maybe if we all just come out of the closet yeah. and pounds on the closet <laughs> door, and and talk this out." Yeah, uh, and it's just a funny bit of just like he has just leaped right into the middle of it, and all this information is assumed that he knows, and he's just like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he's definitely overwhelmed. Uh, by it all. Well, he's also been hit twice in the span of like, you know, five minutes. Yeah. That slapped in the face by a woman who just kissed him and then punched in the face, face. by a man who just barged into his room. You yeah. Know? It's like, ah, yeah. Right, then. And so, uh, you know, Weather says that it took uh, three years and yeah. a fortune in psychology to to fix Catherine after after he disappeared. After he disappeared and, and the and the end of their and the end of their marriage. Yeah. Um, well, and there's also this other bit that well, we should mention is that he is, um, Weathers is also upset because he didn't take a job that he offered him. That is right. Like he yes. offered him a job with the Farrington family and to be respectable mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff because it's something that it, the seed is planted here, but we discover later on that, you know, Philip didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Like Philip was kind of poor compared to the lifestyle that, you know, the Farrington family yes, has been living. They could afford. So, yeah. And it's ironic because, as we're going to find out later, the Farrington family is actually going broke. Yeah. Hence, is, hence the plot of the episode. Vinny. Yeah, That's so right in this episode, yeah, yeah Al appears um, because Vincent is mentioned and then Al appears like he's actually Vinny the Viper. I love the line. I can't remember the exact context of the line, uh, but that he was known for making people cement additives. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's just great. Um, and so Sam gets Weathers out of his room by promising that, you know, well, we have this bit where uh, the, the bellhops or the bellboys, whatever you call them, they bring in the flowers. Yeah, yeah, these flowers that return. And like Sam's like, no, return them back. And just say, it's not trying to win her back. Like, I'm just, I'm just wishing her well. Yeah. And, and Weathers makes a promise like he's not going to, you know, right. do anything. And Sam swears on his honor. Well, and it's great because Sam is so genuine, and I, I think it's, part of it is just like he wants to get everybody out of the room so he can figure out what the hell is going on. Sure. But he does say, very in a very genuine fashion, I'm not here to marry her, I'm not here to interrupt the wedding, I'm just here to wish her well, and mm-hmm. hope that everything's for the best, and that's all these flowers are for. And, and he's just, he's really laying it on to just be like, please just leave, just yeah. get out, everything's going to be okay, I'm not going to do any of this sort of stuff. But he does it in such a genuine way that after everybody leaves and then Al, the first thing out of Al's mouth is, you're here to stop the wedding of, it's actually yeah. a really good punchline. You know, maybe at this point, <laughs> Sam should be like, I'm not going to say any. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to commit to anything until Al shows up. Because <laughs> at this point, how many times has he gotten himself in trouble with this? Oh. By saying... I'm not going to do this or start a course of action and when Al, when Al shows up says like, no, that's not what's supposed to happen. Only to find out that that's exactly what that's he has it. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we have this line as, as Weathers is leaving, Sam swears on his honor. Uh, you have no honor. You have no honor. <laughs> but you're not Harvard. <laughs> and then after he leaves, he you're says, not a Klingon. I'm yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ziggy says there's an 83% possibility that Sam is there to stop the wedding. Yeah. And it's interesting too because uh, he he then goes on to tell him that 
if 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 he doesn't, not only does Catherine marry this douchebag, but also Philip ends up dead. Yeah, <laughs> Philip, yeah, Philip commits suicide, and then Catherine dies three years later. Right, right. Uh, so everybody dies with a broken really. heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, which we get a little bit where where Sam kind of, I, I kind of read it like he kind of scoffed at the idea of some woman dying with mm-hmm. a broken heart. To which, yeah, Al is, you know, adamant that you know true love can do that, and you know that yeah. it's a once in a lifetime thing, and and that sort of thing, and it's it's a really interesting conversation, and it's incredible foreshadowing. Yes, uh, we'll get to the end of the episode. Yeah, more details about more details about that. But Without yeah, but yeah, but yeah, he he says that, and then Sam kind of throws some snark back, like, oh yeah, how would you know? And the yeah. funny thing is, is that in that moment, even Sam is kind of apologetic and be like, no, no, I'm sorry, that's not fair. Sure, yeah. And it's great. And, and the thing is, is that Al is like, Al is like, no, I did have that. And he's like, oh, well, what did you do? You know, like, how'd you screw it up or whatever? And Al's like, I got married. And he's like, oh. It, it, even Sam is sort of taken aback, like, oh, you got married. Oh, well, which one was that or what happened or whatever? And he's like, that's that. You know, he's, he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Sure, yeah. And so it's just, yeah, it's this great, great moment. Yeah. That had to have been built in, knowing what was coming. Yeah. yeah. And so while all this, Catherine is still in the closet. Uh, there's another knock on the door. Um, uh, yeah. Th- does Jennifer barge in? Is is Catherine still in the closet? No, she's time? already out of the closet. So the first thing that Jennifer does when she comes in is open the closet. That's right. Okay. See if she's in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, because at some point there's a knock on the door, and Sam goes over and he answers it, and he dives out of the way in case someone's diving through the door, and then he realizes that Catherine is still in the closet. That's right, yeah, because Catherine is still in the closet, and that's when Al makes the comment like, "Oh, you've been very busy." No, she comes out after the dad leaves. Yeah, Al is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then she leaves. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. And about. And then Jennifer yeah. comes in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. So yeah, so. Um, but him and, and Catherine, they, you know, they, they have this discussion where basically it ends with her saying, if you still love me, leave. Yeah, Jenna, actually, I think what she says is jump off the ship and swim back to New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when she leaves, Sam makes a joke, like, you know, like the joke, but like, does she really want me to jump off the ship? And that's when Al drops, like, well, yeah, we, that's probably what happened in the original history, because yeah. cause, cause he committed suicide. Everybody winds up dead. Yeah. And, um, so this is when Jennifer shows up, I think, for the first time in her little I Spy outfit. Yes. It's a little black trench coat and hat and glasses. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Just, just takes over the room. She, yes. Without yeah. a doubt. I love the, the time, like, like she, like she's scoping things out, looking in things, looking in closets. Juliette um, Sorcy, by the way, is yeah. the name of the young actor. She is. I looked her up and she stopped acting pretty young. Yeah, it looks good like she, for her. She stopped a few years, although she has done a few things, um, you know, within the past like ten years or so. Um, so it seems like she took a break in about 1993, and then started up again um, in like 2009 or so. So she's done a few few roles here, like you know, but not anything in the past like five years or so. Yeah, but yeah, but she's great in this. Like she she really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh. So yeah. So they are in cahoots, and it's, it's obviously setting up that Jennifer is working both sides of this right here. Right. Uh, she's working with Philip to to find the best way to to get her and Catherine back together, and then working with Big Sister Catherine to get them to get them together. Um, and then uh, during the scene with Catherine, it is noted that uh, somewhere along the way, uh, Sam says she can't love me. She slapped me. 
and then mouth goes like slapping. Yeah, means she loves you. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a whole yeah. That's a whole little thing. We it's it's yeah. it, look in the context of this episode and in the and in the classic screwball comedy. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's the it is the trope. You know, there's no doubt about it. In real life, probably not. No, probably not. No, yes. okay. Some people. Some people look. Some people do have those types of relationships that mm-hmm. are completely unhealthy, but they think that that's, you know... And I'm not talking about the ones that are clearly unhealthy, as in, like, get out of that to save your life. I'm talking about the ones that are, like, you can fight and throw things and, you know, one day of the week, but the other six days of the week, it's all sunshine and roses. Oh, for sure. You know, I'm not saying that's healthy either. I'm just saying. It's not. Yeah. Luke people do it. it. Yeah. Uh, when Betsy and I first moved together, we moved into a two-flat. We were on the first floor, and the oh. neighbors above us... They were one of those couples. Oh. Three months after living in the building together, we called the cops on him one night when they were having a fight and throwing stuff at each other. Mm. And he was shouting, stop hitting me. Mm. Mm. And, it, and it just came to a point. It, it's just like, like it is ethically responsible to call the police right now. Absolutely. There is physical harm happening. Um, and they were always a little bit scared of us after the fact because... Because we had called the police on them, Ugh. and we and we knew, and we knew way too much about their lives because yeah. of their fighting. Right. Um, we knew that he was forty-two. Oh my gosh! Because during one fight, she shouted, "You forty-two-year-old piece of shit!" Wow. <laughs> Which is an oddly specific insult. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, it yeah. must have been a big deal for her. One night. No, no, and it, it was during that first fight we found out that. They came to be living together because he left his wife for her. Oh, God. And now she suspected him of cheating on her with his wife. Oh, man. Oh, man. That. That is an unhealthy relationship. Yes. But I... That is not a screwball comedy. No. And I would, but I would bet you dollars to donuts, they are still together. Yeah, well... Yeah. Hey. They ended up moving out of the building like halfway through me and Betsy's time there. But yeah. I bet you that they are still there. Anyway. Yeah, they deserve one of yeah. them. Kevin uh, and Suzanne, <laughs> if you're listening. Anyway. So, so uh, yeah, we get this other great moment, too, when uh, Jennifer's there and she tells Sam that uh, Vinny has threatened to cut him into little pieces and feed him to the fish, to which Al immediately responds with, oh, well, maybe maybe Philip didn't die of suicide after, after all. all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, Vinny is, he's a piece of work. Oh, yes, he is. Yeah. But before we meet uh, Vinny coming into the room here, we, we jumped over to the to the other side. We're in the... Now we're cabin. in the, yeah, we're yeah. in Catherine's cabin. Uh, yeah. with, with, with Catherine and Mother Marion and Weathers, and Catherine has locked herself in the bathroom, and yeah. Yeah. She's she's not coming out, and this is that Plaza Suite thing that I was talking sure. about. Like it's yeah. there's there's literally like a couple of lines of dialogue that are exactly the same. You know, um, not that it's let's face it, it's more of a situational thing as opposed to I'm stealing Neil Simon's sure. dialogue. Yeah, um, but I just thought that that was that was very humorous because of you know the other uh, elements of the episode that that play into this sort of screwball comedy. Yeah, um, and the, the important thing in this scene is that we get hints of uh, that. Catherine's mom, Marion, went through somewhat a similar thing yeah. uh, of, of cold feet before she married Weathers. Right. Because uh, Weathers even says something like, uh, um, your your mom went through the same thing the night before, and then Mary's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, well, back when the yeah. only choice was you got married, not necessarily who you got married, married to. Married yeah. to, yeah. And so he, d- yeah, because Benny does have a line in the scenes like, uh, in 20 minutes or in a few minutes they're supposed to be in the ballroom for dinner. And he says, I want you and your women. Yeah. And there was <laughs> deliberate pause. I want you and your women there and in control. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, Vinny. Yeah. Um, and so this is where we get the where we get more of an explanation that, that Vinny is he is financially chipping in, he's buying out the company, and yes. this is why Catherine is Catherine is marrying him. Right. And yeah, he even he even he even tells Catherine, you know, you'll learn to love him. It's like, mm-hmm. oh god, uh, no, no, she won't. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's not how that works. Yeah, that's a whole yeah, the thing yeah. down here. And then we jump back over to. But to be fair, one thing sure. that we should that we should point out is that Catherine kind of like you know is like, okay, okay, you're right. You know, I'm doing this for my family. I'll learn to love him. It's okay. You know, she really does sort of just like say, "You're right. I'm going to dinner. It's fine." Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, but then we jump back at Sam's cabin. Um, uh, there, there has been some off-screen back and forth where he sent some notes. Catherine won't accept the notes. Yeah. And so basically, Sam is in this place of like, I, you know, she won't talk to me. I don't know. I don't know what else to do, there is to do. And they're getting ready to go to dinner. Uh, we should sit like Sam is in a tux. Yeah. At this point, looking uh, good. Yeah. And Al has a great line. What's what's the way to be completely intimate in a room full of people? Uh, it's 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 great. Like and the the line is great, and then Sam's little sort of, or excuse me, Al's little you know dancing yeah. motions. Oh yes, like, you know, yeah. Like great. All right, you know, I got it. He's gonna yeah, he's gonna go dance with her. So yeah, so we cut to probably the uh, one of the most like well known scenes in this. Episode. I mean, it, it has the sequence that's featured in a lot of the opening credits. Yeah. Going forward is, uh, you know, Sam comes in. He, he goes up to to the band. Band leader. Yeah, yeah the band leader. <laughs> they're they're going to be there all night, and he's speaking in a French accent. And Sam walks up, and he starts speaking in French. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we've learned from previous episodes that Sam speaks multiple languages. It's like seven different languages yeah, or something like that. But yeah. this is the first time he's spoken French yes. in an episode of Discovery. You know what I love at this point? Like, they don't even acknowledge it. You know, it's not even a thing. Right, like, right. You know, they, they could have done a bit if he starts speaking in French and then he catches himself and he's like, what do you know? you got to think French. that the saga cell helps a lot with that, too, because it's, it's sure. not in any sort of explicit way, but more an implicit sort of, he's a doctor. He created a time machine. Like, sure. You can accept the fact that he's smart enough to just be able to go up and pick speak up, French. Pick up different you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you have a little tangent on the saga cell? Two things. Sure. Uh, one is I know, like, um, on Back to the Future, the other Quantum Leap podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the, the two hosts over there and the guests, like, they've noted about how ridiculously long the saga cell is. The saga cell and the opening credits do not bug me about the show. No, they don't. It sets up the world of the show, and again, and I think in, in like nineteen ninety terms of like of a high concept TV show, you had to have yeah that. To be fair, they get shorter though. They do. They get shortened. So it, it's mm. interesting that they that they say that uh, because this is you know this is the longest that they'll ever as, as be. It goes on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I will say though, speaking of the saga cell, is uh, when I started rewatching this episode. Uh, instead of watching it on Blu-ray, I watched it on Hulu. Sure. And on Hulu, it's just the standard 
definition. It's not high definition oh, like Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when I started watching it and the Saga Cell came on, oh, I got God. I got this weird chill, like nostalgia. Yeah. Like watching the episodes on Blu-ray, it's cool because it's in this high definition that I didn't have it as a kid. But to watch it in that standard definition that it was when I was a mm-hmm, kid, mm-hmm. there's something, you know, it's like listening to a record. Yeah. Instead of listening to a to a CD or an MP3, there's something about the hiss, sure, of the record. Oh, I know. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that makes it a little bit more like yeah. Just like watching the first few minutes of it and just like standard definition I was like, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. I, I could imagine. I, well, because I've watched a couple of the episodes. It's been a while, but I did watch a couple of the episodes um, towards like the beginning of this season on like the NBC sure yeah. app or whatnot. But yeah. Uh, it's fascinating, man. It's yeah. like the times in which we live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of that, as I say, if you if you don't own the set, if you don't have the the, the cash, to yes. Own the set, if you go onto Hulu or NBC.com, you can watch the episodes. Yeah, and it's great there. because the you know the, the wonderful thing about the NBC.com app is that you can as long as you have like a cable you know subscription or whatever you know you can just watch it for free. You don't even have to pay for it. Whereas with Hulu, you, you don't even have to have, to have a, a cable subscription for NBC. Do you not? Because I no. thought to access some of their streaming content that you actually had to no, like. No, if you if you just go to NBC.com and then go to their uh, section throwback shows. Yeah, and then they're there. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I signed in with my Xfinity ah, account, and so okay. I just assumed that that was the yeah, case. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, there you go. Yeah. Watch it for free. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so Sam walks up, says something in French, the band leader responds in an American accent, <laughs> I don't speak French, I just speak with a French accent. Yeah. And then Sam says, I need you to play a tango. And then back in the French accent, I love the tango. Yeah. And then go into it. Um, what a wonderful piece of storytelling this dance is, by the way. Mm-hmm. I love, there's so much about this to love. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that it, it speaks to everything that's great about this specific episode. You've got the production values being shown off, you know, full tilt. You've mm-hmm. got, you know, this this big group of people there it feels like a full room mm-hmm. um you know the band is playing that dress she's wearing is sure. incredible um y- you know the dance itself is fantastic mm-hmm. and not only is it just a great tango but there are elements of the dance that tell that help to tell the story in sure. a really wonderful way mm-hmm. and the dialogue that occurs while they're dancing like, it's just a wonderfully shot choreographed lit costumed you know everything about it is just so wonderful mm-hmm. um I, I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of, of this particular scene. And yeah, it, it, made, it made me smile as I was watching. It's making me smile as I'm talking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a you know wonderful scene. Like everything you said, like the dialogue. And again, like I love the thing. Like Sam is out there dancing. He's very clearly a skilled dancer, and it, it's not acknowledged. Right, right. It's just like <laughs> yes, of course, yeah. I am just, I'm just gonna do, I'm just gonna do this thing. And yeah. even at the end, like when he, when he makes his his exit, you know, he's very oh. playful grabs a rose yeah. and puts it in between his teeth, backs out, grabs a glass of wine, then he even does the last physical comedy bit. Does with, the chair fall with, thing? With the chair, yeah. yeah. And so while... Have you ever done that, by the way? The, the chair? Yeah, uh, where you like step on the chair like that and it falls over. I, if I, I, I'm not a physically graceful person, so if I ever did, I don't... I mean, I, could, I yeah. probably couldn't do it now. I did, I, I've done it a couple of times. Like yeah. I was in college and stuff, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Good times. Not, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so while all this is going on, uh, Vinny 
is oh, it's fumes with his goon. Do they ever name the goon? Uh, I, you know, not on screen, but much okay. like much like other episodes where that doesn't happen, uh, he is named uh, Tony. Apparently, on that's okay. No, 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 actually, I feel I feel like some does he does he get called yeah, Tony? Yeah, because now, now you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, of course his name is Tony. Because I'm uh, yeah, yeah, I missed it too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like he he's gonna kill him. Yeah, he's like, give, give me, me my gun. gun. Yeah, <laughs> give me a gun. <laughs> give me a gun here. Yeah, not here. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, and, well, there's this one great bit too to mention to get specific for a moment within the dance where she's like walking away from him and he like pulls her back in like with the dance and she like twirls back into his arms and this sure. is, like it's, it's little little things like that I think elevate this scene mm-hmm. um, and it's played so well and Sam's very playful um, you know preening on the way out if you will uh, and the chair bit are just are just so great I mean yeah. he he's just. He, specifically, Scott Bakula is just so incredibly wonderful mm-hmm. in this particular scene. Sure, um, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, the upshot of this conversation is like, meet me at the first class pole. Yeah, at midnight. Jenny has given him the key to. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where they're. Uh, that's where we're going there. So after this, uh, Benny and hmm. Tony they they head Sam off, and they basically pretty pretty much imply that they're ready to do some. Bodily harm, which you know, yeah. Sam says, isn't it bad luck to shoot somebody the night before your wedding? Yeah, which is yeah. great. And I feel like I, I, I mean, I may just be making this up, but I feel like that's actually something I've heard before. Not literally, like that's actually bad luck, but I feel like that's a line that I've heard somewhere else. Put in there before, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> I wonder if it was married to the mob. I mean, oh, oh. that'd be interesting. I haven't seen that movie. I am that seen that ever and ever. Yeah. But apparently, that's what got Dean Stockwell. Yeah. Quantum Leaper is what put him in mind and Don Belisario's mind to, to have him come in and read yeah. for it. Yeah, but I haven't read uh, or seen that movie in oh, forever. Yeah. Uh, so in this line, we do get a point where uh, Sam inadvertently throws out the line from The Godfather, an offer you can't refuse him, but he's like, hey, I like, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, and so they're about ready to cart him off because Sam says he's not backing down. Yep. And that's when the captain comes up and, uh, yeah, so that's when Captain... Uh, or, or Sam, like, diverts away, and like, all of a sudden he has questions about, about the ship that he suddenly wants to know. Can you give me a tour right now of the ship? Right, yeah, he's like, he's like, take me up to the bridge. I'd love to see the bridge. Uh, yeah. And the captain, at one point, you know, realizes who he is, and he's like, wait, you're the guy that, uh, you know, sailed all the way to Bora Bora, Bora yeah. after, you know, your mainsail fell off or whatever. And, he's and, and Sam's like, yeah. yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> and Al has to pop in at the opportune moment to give him the details. Yeah, so he sure. be like, well, I used the jib and rode myself to oh. Bora Bora. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Bora. Bora yeah, yes. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a nice little moment there. And um, Sam successfully plays things off in order to get the captain to take him on the tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and um, at that point, you know, Vinny and Tony are very much like, oh, we'll come with you. And Sam's like, oh, you don't want to. You don't want to come uh, along with yeah. us. This will be mm-hmm. a couple of old sea dogs yeah. like us. will oh, be yeah. bored out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Sam does get the cat alone and just says, you know, uh, I don't want to see. Vinny's going to murder someone. Who? Me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and the thing is, like, the captain is aware, because there is some dialogue thrown out somewhat comedically uh, between the captain and Sam and Vinny and Tony, that they have an ex, well, Sam's ex-wife, Philip's ex-wife, is Vinny's Vinny's fiance. So yeah. the captain is very aware of the situation. So in the subsequent conversation, Captain was like, 
I know your history, and I'll look into it, but if it turns out that, that you're lying... Right. Yeah. Because the other thing that Sam does, too, is that Sam's like, you know, he's got a criminal record. Like, this guy's got a criminal record, you know, they're sure. not lying to you, and uh, he's, like, telling him to call. Actually, at one point, does it say fax? Facts. Yeah. But yeah, facts. Telegraph. Cable. Yeah, cable? that's it, yeah. Like, it know, seems like cable. So-and-so. Yeah. So. Or I was like, yes, it's yeah. cable, yeah. NYPD, and yeah. Yeah. Um... And, and yeah, and then the, the captain, like you said, is is, is very sort of look. I, I'm going to trust you this time, but yeah. if I find out that this is you know, right. and then immediately goes to do. So tell me more about this ship, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we cut back to to the cabin, and as we're talking about this, Al throws out this very alarmist, like, "Do you know what's happening right now?" Yeah. In the bowels of this ship, all the ocean being, or all the trash being pushed out into the ocean. And it's funny because Sam gives a very sort of, you know, progressive response. It's like, I'm sure it's biodegradable. Like, yeah. in his future, apparently, sure, everything yeah. is just biodegradable. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, Some of it, but not all. Yeah. And I think uh, we've noticed this before, like, Dean Stockwell is actually... Uh, a huge environmentalist. So yeah, I'm sure that this is maybe a little bit of. Well, and Deborah Pratt herself has commented that she was happy to be able to throw this in because she she, she always loved having the opportunity to do something like that, even if it didn't necessarily, you know, fit with the specific story they were telling. Sure. So, yeah. um, I think it was something where it was probably mutual. You know, where it's something that she wanted to write and, and Dean wanted to say, so it, it worked out well. Yeah. 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 Uh, so this is where, um, does Jennifer show up here and say, yeah, wear the blue trunks, you look smashing in blue. Yeah, because at first Sam's, like, having trouble finding the trunks, and Al's like, you don't need trunks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, then, of course, he does. Yes. And then Jennifer is working the other side, mm-hmm. getting Catherine there, and, you know, she's telling Sam to show up and say your piece. She's telling Catherine, just go there and let him, let him say the piece. Yeah. And, and she's also very specific that he needs to be there before Catherine gets there, yeah. which is nice because it plays into the idea that if she were to show up and he wouldn't be there, like that would be, the she'd be like, yeah, even yeah. if he showed up like two seconds later, she'd just be like, well, you were late. Yeah. Like you're never going to be there. What I need, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's a nice little bit of storytelling. Yeah. And, um, and so we get here, the pool is drained, so they can't go first. Yeah. And I really want to, sorry. I, my, my guess is, is that it was a production thing. Um, mm. For whatever reason, because I'm, I'm guessing this is maybe one of the things that they actually shot on the, on on, the, on the Queen Mary. Mary, and for some practical thing, the pole had to be drained, and so they just yeah. they, they threw in a line to, to explain I, that. I wonder if any of that has to do with the fact that apparently when they were filming on it, the ship had just recently been refurbished. So I'm wondering if maybe it was not only that, but that that they literally just hadn't even put it in yet because that was something that they sure. hadn't done because it you know they weren't up and running or whatever. Um, but one of the other things I wanted to note real quick is how great is Catherine's swimming costume? Like, Oh God. Yeah. That's so perfect. And mm-hmm. it's another one of those costume pieces that you're just sort of like, that's what Catherine Hepburn would have worn, you yeah. know, in, in woman of the year or whatever. For sure. You know, it's, it's just so perfect. Looks so good. Uh, and she looks good in it. Um, but the, yeah, the scene itself, it, I, she's very much sort of like, of course, of course there's no water in the pool, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, what a jackass you are, Philip. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but this is, we get a lot of information. This is just yeah. a, a very nice scene where, you know, Philip, we find out Philip did not, not only did he not want to take the job with with Dad's company, he wanted Catherine to move into a small apartment. Basically, wanted wanted her to downgrade and live his lifestyle yeah. instead of him coming up and and living her lifestyle. And she admits that if she could go back and do it all over again, uh, yeah, she that she loves him more than anyone else. They have a kiss, but she says it's too late. And she says, "I don't love you. I can't afford to." And then Sam has the line, "You have a second chance at happiness." 
don't let it sail away again. <laughs> yes, he does. Oh, Sam. <laughs> oh, Sam. Oh, Deborah. Yeah, oh, Deborah. yeah. But also, I mean, that's the point of the episode. Scott Bakula makes more of the point of the episode, like, he's just here doing a job. Right? You know, it's like, you know, because it's one of those things, like, like, you could have episodes where Sam gets emotionally involved in the woman and starts to fall with her or right. like we have like mentioned earlier like he has this like antagonistic relationship but like it could have very easily be, been written like in other episodes where he's like why would I why would anyone ever love her like yeah be that. but this one it's just like he never makes a comment about her either way yeah and this one it's just like this is what he's here to do and once he he accepts the fact that he is there to get them together, he's just showing up and he's he's doing that work. That's a really great point I, because you're right. There are other episodes where he does maybe sort of fall for the person that he's there to help, mm-hmm. or you know, there's enough of a spark or, or something like that. But in this instance, it is very much you know doing he's doing the job, um, and that's and I think that makes it somewhat more remarkable in a way because. You get the genuine sense that he does. You know, he cares about this person's happiness, but not necessarily because of who she is, so much as he would care about anybody's happiness. Sure, given the opportunity to have an effect on the, you know the outcome of, of their happiness or whatnot. So for sure, I, I, I think that that's a testament to just who he is as a character and to, and to the good guy that, that Sam is. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like none of this feels. Creepy, you know sure. what I mean? There's no, nothing about yeah, this. Yeah, that... I mean, because you know, I was just thinking about that because we've talked about it in, like previous episodes where Sam does inadvertently become creepy and yeah. expressed because he does have personal feelings for whoever. Like in this one, like he, uh, you know, he makes some very bold statements and he does physically kind of come on in a way during the dance scene. Right. And in this one, he comes on a way that they have a pretty passionate kiss. In this scene, but it's not, Sam is not like personally involved. He's not. You know, he's physically involved, but he's not like, you know, right. he's not like necessarily like coming in to do the, you know, to, to do the physical thing because he's enjoying it. It's just like, no, this is what's required. Absolutely. To, this is what's required to get the job done. And there's a bit about that. I'll save it to the, the, the post show discussion, sure. like for, for spoilers for other episodes coming up in the future. But yeah, but I, I know I think that's a really good point, and, and, and it's interesting to see that in play here because we've talked about the progression of the series in, in many ways, but I think that this is a great illustration of how Sam has gotten secure with his role as sort of this you know time traveling Mister Fix It, mm-hmm. um, and that it will make future episodes mean even more when he does get involved. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason. Sure. So I think that that makes this episode even more perfect mm-hmm. as as the precursor to the season finale. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. For sure. Uh, so this one we cut back to... it's uh, Sam's got a gun in his back. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I skipped over that in my head. Like, I was... Yeah. So, yeah, he walks out, and Benny and Tony are are waiting. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, and then the next and, morning... And then we, the next morning. we should... Uh, the little kiss with history in this episode. Oh, like, right. Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Uh, paging Mrs. Thatcher. Yeah. Mrs. Thatcher is being paged over the... 
over the ship. Yeah. Over the ship intercom or whatever you call it. Yeah. Oh, you know, one of the things that I wanted to say real quick too, specifically I think about the swimming pool scene, not to take us back, but uh, there's something about the way that the episode does sort of have that old Hollywood feel, the, the screwball sort of, and, and some of the melodrama as well that it has. And yet it's hard not to view it in the lens of when it was made in 1990 because it doesn't necessarily feel exactly like that. It's almost more like an echo of, you know, 50 years prior to when the episode was made. Sure. As opposed to it being that they are literally doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting in, in a way to contextualize it. You know, it, it, not only is an episode that takes place in 1954 that aired in 1990, and we're talking about it in 2018, but also in the fact that it's a nod to films that would have been made in the late 30s and early 40s. Yeah. So I think that it's just, it's very interesting to kind of try to see it through that lens. And sure. this scene in particular does a wonderful job because of the costume, the the dialogue between the two of them. Uh, I, I think that it's kind of this weird melting pot that throws... You know the those the first three, not our twenty eighteen eyes, but those first three things together mm-hmm. in a in a unique way. Sure. So I did want to I did want to mention that. Um, but yes, back to you know the next morning, she's in her wedding dress. Yeah, yeah. Getting married in twenty minutes. Yeah. Philip has disappeared. Um, Marion throws out Teddy, and and basically Teddy was her Philip. Uh, oh, did she? I, I thought it was Jerry. Uh, maybe maybe it was. Teddy, Jerry, Jerry whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but basically Marion, she had her own Philip that, that loved her very much, but it sounds like at the very end, like he stepped aside and he was like, you know, yeah, uh, we are not destined to be together because of everything else. Go off, have a, go off, have a happy life. Mm-hmm. Uh, she makes it a point to say like, I don't, you know, I don't regret anything, you know, uh, yeah, because everything that comes along with that and then... Right. And then, yeah. And then we have this heartbreaking moment that uh, when Jennifer asks Catherine if she can marry Philip. And and Catherine says, I hope when the time comes you marry whoever your heart desires. Yeah. Which is cute because there is this, there's, there is this element, I think, of the way that, that Jennifer is being so proactive mm-hmm. to try to help make these things happen that you do get this sense of she does probably idealize Philip in a way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, you know, not just because of her age, but just in general, I don't think that there's any, there's any sort of romantic feeling oh, God, that she no. has for yeah. him. But I do think for her, the type of man that she would see herself with one day would be sure. like Philip. Uh, and and, and it, it's interesting because I feel like there's a very fine line between making a statement like that, uh, can I marry him when I grow up? creepy and making it sweet and in in the context of the episode it comes off being very sweet mm-hmm. and I think that that's a testament to you know a lot again to to, to Julie Sorcy the child actor who's playing uh, uh, Jennifer For sure. you know there's there's just something about the way that she kind of you know masterminds a lot of these things mm-hmm. with her sister's best intentions at heart and with and again with I think a a, a kind of um, familial love with Philip, you know, not any sort of romantic thing or whatever, for of sure. wanting him to be happy too. I don't think it's all just for her sister. I think that that's the thing that makes it cuter is the fact that she wants this guy to be happy too because he's a good guy, you mm-hmm. know. And I feel like as the years come by, like obviously now we are we, we are so so sensitive and rightfully so. Sure, but we are so sensitive to uh, to kids, especially girls, being sexualized in any way. Yeah. Um, 
where yeah, it, it could be very easy to 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 go to to kind of uh, yeah yeah. I, I could see someone watching this episode and, and getting offended by it hmm. if they were being really really unnecessarily sure. You couldn't hear my eyes rolling back in my head. Uh, getting really oversensitive about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Right. Yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't think it's necessary. Um, yeah. But, uh, I, I'm thinking specifically, and we've touched on the show, uh, the the book before, The Time Traveler's Wife. Yeah. Um, a lot of people had some issues with that because within, within that story, young Claire, the Time Traveler's Wife, does interact a lot with her her future husband mm. and even like even before like she's old enough to have any sort of romantic feeling she has a very strong attachment to him sure and after the fact after the book had been out for some years there are some people who pick that apart mm. and try to make it creepy or right, say it's problematic right. in some way and it's like no yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I mean, oh, gosh. And I, and I also think it's more like to look in the context of who wrote it, like both Time Traveler's Wife and this episode, a woman wrote it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that, I mean, that, that that's obviously important. You know, context is, is, is key. And, and, and unfortunately, there are a lot of times when we'd rather just look at a situation, you know, without the context or, you know, or a sound bite without the context and, sure. you know, run wild with it. And it's so easy to do because, you know, we've got the world's largest game of telephone being played on a 24 hour basis through social media. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we do. Yeah. Huge tangent. Maybe. Exactly. Yes. Way too deep into that one. Right. But anyway, um, so this scene ends with, uh, Catherine saying, I'm sure wherever Philip is right now, he's having the time of his life. Cut <laughs> to Sam and his skivvies. <laughs> yeah, Sam and his skivvies tied up over his head. Um, they and- left him there all night like that, too. God, yeah. Oof. One thing that I will say, I do have to call this out. Where the hell is like the blood and the, and the rope burns on his wrists? Because come on, if he'd been tied up there like that all night, like. For sure. Supposed to be hamburger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I don't think like he wasn't uh, like literally hanging. You're right. That's very true. Like, like he they, was they like like of... if, like if his feet slipped. Yeah, he would be hanging. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was pulling off a balancing act. But anyway, um, so Benny and Tony come up and they have this conversation, and, and, and Al says the line, or not Al. Sam says the line. Something like you know you can't kill someone right before your wedding, right? Or or basically, there's a line where, where Sam says, "Like you, you can't kill everyone who cares for her because you're gonna, you're gonna eventually kill everyone." Yeah. And Vinny has the lines like, "I can't kill everyone." Just gives him just enough of a nudge back for him to tip back. Yeah. Just you. Yep. And then they cut the rope, and he falls into the, the yeah. garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the you know, and the expeller comes on. Yeah, you know. I, I love. I wonder if the sign actually does exist in ships, or it was just like it was a piece of exposition that they felt like they needed. Right. There was a sign that says, warning, garbage being expelled when light is flashing. Yeah. I, anyway, right. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the door starts uh, starts starts pushing him out. I love, so Al shows up, and he's just not so much worried about Sam's situation. He says the line, like, by the year 2000. Yeah. <laughs> he's blah 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 and like I had to do a little mental shift in my head it was like oh yeah like when this episode was made and where Al is yeah it's not 2000 yet no and then I immediately jumped to Conan O'Brien 
in the year 2000. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now we're jumping back and forth between the scene and leading up to the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it's great. The I think that the, the way things are, are, are cut here, um, you know, mm-hmm. just building to, to our inevitable finish. But... Um, I mean, Sam is is struggling in, sure, in, in yeah. that compact. You, see, you know, he can hardly like move his arms. Yeah, getting pushed back, trying to jump up, grab a chain, and then Al points out that there's an umbrella. Yep. in the trash, and so he pulls himself up, starts to pull himself up, slips down, and uh, and meanwhile we're getting scenes with like Weathers and Catherine, and Weathers sure. actually takes a moment, and it's very interesting because he's been so you know adamant about like this is who you're marrying, you're definitely not marrying that guy. This is who you're marrying. He takes a moment where he does ask, you know, it's like, are you happy? And it's kind of, it's kind of nice because it, it, it shows that even he has his doubts about this whole sure. thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh God, am I making a horrible mistake here too? Yeah. Uh, and, and Catherine, of course, you know, just calmly is like, yep, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, and then the ceremony begins. Yes. And Sam is. Yeah. And so this is one of those moments. I, uh, I don't think we see it a lot where we kind of cut away from the climatic scene. Oh, yeah. Because Sam gets himself out. We don't see exactly how he gets out. No, because actually, you know, it's funny, the last shot that we actually see of Sam is is his hands kind of like pulling himself up. But the wall is coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we really don't get to see him pull himself out of the frying pan, if you will. For sure. Uh, The next thing we see is the captain, you know... Yeah. Do you take this and man? I, and, and I wonder if it was a practical thing of like there was no realistic way to shoot it. Sure. And so, you know, use your imagination. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like it personally. Yeah, no, no, I like no, no, yeah. Stuff like that. I, no, no, no. Like, like I didn't feel cheated, but like I said, it's so rare that they actually like cut away and yeah. you fill in your imagination. Right. Fill it. In, yeah. So, in a way, I think it's almost more fitting because the truth of the matter is, with uh, you know, episodic television like this, we 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 know he's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, so it's nice to sort of have the tension build that way. And then we don't actually see the escape proper. Sure. You you know, we just get this hint of it. I I, I do like it. And you do use your imagination, which is cool. You can just imagine, you know, Sam and his skivvies running down the, you know, the hallways. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but so it cuts back. If anybody wants to speak up, whatever, Al, you know, is there, tried, you know, tried, the look on Jennifer's face is interjecting. Like, uh, you know, you yeah. almost get the, you almost get the notion that she's going to say, say something. something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then finally Catherine speaks up. Yeah. And then when Vinny's like, get, you know, get your woman, get your woman in line and weather's like, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's really great too, because, and maybe, you know, I, I don't want to go too deep on this necessarily, but it does make you wonder had this episode not been written by a woman, if we would have gotten the more classic scene of, you know, Sam running in and being like, no, 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 stop, stop the wedding. Sure. And then the wedding stops. And then she's like, oh, you're right. I love you instead. But I love it's, you know, it's just very empowering for Catherine to be like, no, no. Yeah. Cause I had forgotten that, that, that this episode took that turn. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Sam right again at the last minute. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. No. Uh, but it was. It, it's great. It's great the way that she takes it. And then yeah. And then and then Vinny has the line to Weathers, and immediately you get this sense where it's like, oh, he's gonna knock you the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, but Sam does arrive, obviously, and there is this. You know, there's some fisticuffs. Sure. Um, yeah. Um. And so I can't remember how exactly it happens, but it's Weathers that actually uh, comes in and delivers the. 
the the final blow because I, I think Tony gets into it gets involved in there. Yeah, so yeah. Sam actually does knock Vinny out, I think, but it's it's uh, 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 when Tony gets involved, Weathers knocks him out. Knocks out, yeah. And then there's this cute line between the two of them where they're like, you know, Harvard, Harvard boxing champ or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, I think Weathers says Harvard, and at the same time they both say nineteen. Oh yeah, nineteen, right? Because he says he was the boxing champion in nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, um, and then we get, you know, uh, uh, even though he's covered in garbage, Catherine yeah. throws her arms around him in her wedding dress and kisses him. Yeah. Al starts rattling off his, you know, his post-game yeah, report. Yeah, and, and, to, and to go back, we, we've talked about this before because we talked about it in All-Americans when we talked about, like, all the kids that, I can't remember their names now, but the two characters are going to have as a result of them getting married. We, yeah. had, we had that whole discussion, like, is that is that racist? Uh, because like like they mentioned the fact that like you know Hispanic families have a lot of kids sure sure but it was like talking about like no like Quantum Leap just uses the shorthand of they have a lot of kids which means saying, that like, they're happy this work, yeah yeah that yeah. they're happy ever after and so yeah this is one of those cases where yeah and it's the number know, of kids that they have is indicative it, of yeah, that. yeah the level of happiness right because he doesn't Al even like makes a comment or something about like oh they were they're really busy buddies yeah. yeah and so the the thing is is that I think that we can we can say now that this is an established part of the show. Whereas earlier, you know, it's not that long established because it's not like we get this all the time, but, you know, there was an episode and I don't even remember which one I was specifically talking about where I was like, this is kind of the first time we get that sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, post-game wrap-up, if you will. Yeah. Uh, And and, and it's nice. I I mean, I always liked that because I feel like it, it, it gives us something that was definitely missing in certain earlier episodes where we ask the question of, like, man, it would be nice to know what happened to them after. Sure. And now that we're getting more of that, it's, it is a nice way to wrap up who he's with in this episode. Sure. Um, as opposed to mission accomplished, leap out effect, and, and we're done. For sure. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention real quick, actually, and I completely forgot about this, but I did think it was cool and worth a mention, is that during the garbage expeller scene, Al is standing in the expeller with Sam at one point, and as it's coming in, sure. it starts to, like, push into the hologram, Al, yeah. and it's kind of a cool shot, you know, and Al eventually, like, pops himself Pop, up yeah, to, the, yeah. Yeah, to, the, to the little gangway above, uh, uh, so that, you know, he can try and talk Sam through it all, but I thought that was just kind of a cool little special effect shot that they did. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they, oh, oh, and Jennifer also writes a murder mystery book. Murder, yeah, yeah, turns uh, his, yeah, turns his, uh, him being shipwrecked and like turns it into like a murder mystery thing and this is a thing where they stop just shy of breaking the fourth wall (laughs) where Jennifer looks off camera and she's looking at something it's not clear who she's talking to but she says don't you just love a happy ending yeah and you know they just wanted her to look directly at the camera yeah and say that right um and then yeah yeah and then the other thing that we the other piece of information that we get is that the Farrington cruise business will, you know, revive itself as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's they, like, yeah, they make money off Jennifer's story, and then eventually the cruise business yeah. comes back around. Yeah. So it's great, because it's like, you know, everybody's happy on all fronts, and, you know, mission accomplished, and sure. now... He's dirty, and whatever, and Catherine... Time to, time to go. Yeah. So he leaps out, Yeah. and he's in women's clothes again. Yeah. And he immediately is like, no, no, not again, not the heels, not a yeah. woman. Yeah. And then he looks into a broken mirror, and he is definitely not a woman. Definitely not. <laughs> he yeah. is. He's. He's in. Uh, he's. He's in women's clothing. Yes. But uh, he's clearly a, a man. And yeah. um, and then that's it. Yeah. So that's we're going to MIA next week. So this right. is the point. Uh, yeah. If you uh, if you haven't seen future episodes, and if you are watching along with us, if you don't want spoilers for the next few episodes. 
uh, maybe cut out here. Yeah. But we were talking about earlier, like, the the lines earlier about Al, like, yes, he had his one shot for a while at yeah. True Love. Uh, this is what we're, we're foreshadowing is the scene in, in MIA. And it's also really interesting because just the, the, the plot of Seabride kind of syncs up in a way of someone being lost, the wife thinking that he's dead, yeah. starting to move on. Get it? Yeah. 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 It, you know, it's, it, it is interesting because I think that one of the things that happens in both MIA and The Leap Home is that we're given opportunities for our main characters to get some sort of, uh, you know, restitution, if you will, sure. you know, for some sort of past event in their life that didn't go the way that it should have. And it, you know, it turns out in both instances that that's not what they're there for at all. Yeah. Um, but I think putting MIA in particular, um, well, no, I mean, it's, it's the string of the episodes together is important because in Seabride, again, it's a very similar situation with this man who's been lost at sea, um, trying to get back together with, you know, his ex-wife who has, you know, moved sure. on. And, you know, in MIA, we have Al, who's been a POW in Vietnam, you know, wanting to Sam to use his presence there to get, you know, to get Beth to wait for him so that they can be together. So it's very much the same situation. Mm-hmm. And, and yet Sam won't do it because they can't, you know, that was breaking the rules. They were never going to change their own lives you sure. know, with, with Project Quantum Leap. Uh, and then, of course, in the next episode after that... Oh, I have so many thoughts when we come to that. Now Sam is, yeah. you know, in his own skin, well, literally, yeah. as a 16-year-old boy, and he wants to do something to change his own life mm-hmm. and the life of his family. And Al has to remind him, that's not why, you know, we yeah. do this. You can't do this. The only thing you're doing is making people miserable. So it's this really wonderful progression and arc there. And I and I think that it reinforces what I was saying earlier about the foreshadowing that we've had, not just in Seabride, but in previous episodes leading up to this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's because at some point, Don Belisario knew he wanted to do MIA and Leap Home. Like, he he knew he was going to go there at some sure. point and he decided this is when I'm doing it and I'm going to start, you know, putting all these Drop little traps in and yeah. then, yeah. And then, and then flip the switch and, you know, let it all fly out in these two powerhouse episodes. Yeah. It's almost interesting when you think like given, uh, how Beth does come up in, in a way in this episode, like I might like having a chance of true love yeah. and that going away and the, the, the story being so similar when you think about that, that you could almost imagine a scenario where where Al does chime in. He's like, "Don't you remember? Like, this is something that kind of happened to me." Yeah, yeah. But thank God he didn't. Right, right. Because then we wouldn't have the first three quarters of the plot of MIA. Well, and, and you know, you, you you can't help but wonder. Um, so okay, I, I think. And this is talking a little bit more about some of the extended media, although I do believe it actually does get mentioned somewhat in an episode about how Sam and Al first met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's in an episode. It's in uh, the TV. Ball. Yeah. Okay. So, so we, there's no doubt that Sam knew about Beth because when he first meets Al, Al is still kind of a mess over what had happened with him and Beth. Sure. And so we know that, you know, that Sam has to have that knowledge. However, leaping Swiss cheese brain Sam does not know that. Yeah. So it's interesting that Al, the way that he's sort of like, you know, oh, I I did have that true love. You know, what happened? I married her. And it's like, well, what happened to that? 
Yeah. You know, he just, he just brushes it off. Sure. Uh, it, it is, it is very interesting that, that particular moment and that particular scene. And it does make you kind of wonder, you know, how much the actors knew as opposed to how much, you know, Don Belisario knew. Was coming up. Yeah. And by extension, probably Deborah Pratt because at the time they were married. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I don't know. All right. Well, but yeah, interested in, yeah. Eager to, to talk about those episodes. Yeah, yep. absolutely. We'll we'll be back next yeah. week with MIA, which is mm-hmm. the season two finale, which means that we have completed the first season, which yeah. was not a full season, and one entire season, season of Quantum yeah. Leap. So over point, 30 episodes we've done. We together. are. I think, yeah, we're over there. Uh, by the way, happy uh, Beckett to the Future, another Quantum Leap podcast. They just celebrated their one year. Nice. Going. Congratulations. Uh, yes. And also shout out to Matt, who we constantly reference here. Yes. Uh, uh, him and uh, Allison Pregler. They are temporary, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, not tri- really... Trial basis co-host of, <laughs> of the original, the first Quantum Leap podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and someone commented, uh, Adrian, I don't know if she likes our page, but she's in the... Like the like the Quantum Leap Scott Bakula fan groups oh, nice. on social media, but she commented on uh, both our posting and the Quantum Leap posts uh, posts. Just like you know, there's so many Quantum Leap podcasts now; it's so hard to keep up. But she she, she read it in a positive way, and yeah. I commented back like, "Hey, that's great. The more, the merrier. Yeah, you know, the 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 more attention is called to it. Maybe eventually the powers that be will will give us a bone and give us a reboot or." Or something. Sure. I mean, yeah, any, any, anything at this point. I mean, hell, I'd, I'd even take another comic book series or something, you know, whatever. That, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's great. You know, um, we've been fortunate enough to have some form of contact now with, with both of the other podcasts mm. um, through your guest spot on Beckett to the Future, through Matt's guest spot on our show, which uh, happened before, you know, he... he went on to yeah. do the, the co-hosting over there at Quantum Leap Podcast, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say, but hard to do sometimes. It would be lovely to, you know, continue with the spirit of, of sort of collaboration sure. as opposed to any sort of competition or anything like that. Cause I just don't have the time, energy or patience for anything like that. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> you know, cause we were talking about different... I'm just here to talk about my show. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we were talking about like different podcasting stuff before, before we turn on the mic. Like I've, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a couple of podcast groups just like people like giving each other tips like everything from like promotion to like what equipment do you use blah yeah. blah blah and stories that some people have told of just the shady things that people in the oh, podcasting sure. world do and I'm just and, I, and like me someone who's just doing this for fun and I'm just like a few months into it I, I'm just like, blah, 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 like 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 what yeah like like people like literally like downloading and stealing other people's shows and putting it on their own podcast network and promoting it as part of their podcast network, but not even letting the, the, the creators of the content know that they're doing it. Oh, things like that. It's just like, ah, it's, I mean, I mean, I mean, there are some podcasts that are out there, you know, to make money. We are not one of those. But we are. But we are not. <laughs> but we are not. We are not part of a network. We are just two guys with a mic, yeah. in a living room, and some basic equipment. So, yeah. so yeah, that's and a say. Blu-ray box set. <laughs> yeah, and a Blu-ray box set. Yeah, it's like yeah, we're all just here having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, you know, I, I think it's great. I think that um, if I were not 
doing this podcast with you as a fan of the show, I would probably be jazzed over the fact that there's like three podcasts that are focused only on Quantum Leap as opposed to, you know, there are other podcasts out there that do uh, on occasion talk about Quantum Leap or have an episode about Quantum Leap, you know, within their pop culture sort of, you know, purview. But but yeah, to to know that there are three podcasts right now that specifically focus just on Quantum Leap and are doing it, I feel like, in different ways. Uh, You know, the, the thing with Beckett to the Future, their sort of hook of, of going in and uh, doing the episodes in chronological order, yeah, yeah. Is, is great, and, and and I think that they have you know unique points of view of their own, um, and then obviously with the Quantum Leap podcast, I think that they're they are a part of a, a podcasting network, and they they do have a little bit more structure, and they have a little bit more sure you know money perhaps or something behind them, you know, or yeah. Uh, clout, whatever, to get some of the interviews that they get sure. on a regular basis, um, which is, which is great. And then I think, you know, sure. you and I, mean, I, I think that also comes out to like, they just take the time to reach out. Whereas like we, you know, it took us like two months to, to arrange our interview with Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> so on a, it's, uh, you know, it's also, it's, you know, working full time and I'm a dad and you're an upcoming dad. And, sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But uh, but yeah, you know, and, the, and 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 I think that uh, that that we you know we have our own you know way of talking about the show and and, and sure. bring bring different perspective to it than than others. So uh, yeah, it's it's certainly not like it's a crowded market. We're not talking about like you know comic book podcasts or yeah you know, wrestling podcasts or Absolutely. you know something that has a shit or Game of Thrones podcast oh, or God, like, yeah whatever. Uh, so, so I, yeah, I think it's a great thing and, and I certainly encourage, you know, our listeners to, you know, yes. listen, listen to everything, you know, let, let everyone, let everyone know what you're thinking, you know, let, let's sure. continue the dialogue because I think that you raise a really good point, Dennis, about the fact that the, the more we do this, the more we start talking about the show, it's, it's more likely that we'll see some sort of result from that, you sure. know, and, and whether that means that we actually get a reboot, which, you know, whatever, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Or even if that means that we just get a, you know, a, a better Blu-ray set that has, Subtitles. Subtitles. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, yeah. And bonus features and you yes. know, that sort of oh, stuff. Yes. You know, uh, would, would I would cool love enough. I would love to, to to see the box set with like actually showing like the the discovered lost scene yeah. that they found a couple of months ago. Because it's gotta hopefully I mean it's gotta exist out there. And you know, and who knows, maybe with our powers combined we can all find out a way to, you know, do another convention or something and get you know, get Don and Scott and you know if we have to Skype Dean in or something like that, or something, like just, yeah. you know, whatever, like get everybody in the room and yeah. be able to do a big old, you know, podcast of stars. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so that's our tangent there. On the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we're this talking week was Seabride. Yeah, that's right. Seabride. So final thoughts on Seabride. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I hadn't watched it in uh, well over a decade. Yeah. And when I was a kid, the, a lot of the comedy was missed on, me sure type of comedy so uh yeah i was really going back and rediscovering this episode i agree it's interesting because starting off i i I thought that maybe i was just going to feel like oh it's another paint by numbers episode you know not a bad episode but a good episode and it really did kind of rise above the the bar that that i have set you know for quantum leap which my expectations just in life are always high um yeah so you know with my with my favorite tv show Sometimes I set that bar, you know, a notch higher or maybe a notch lower. I don't know. Depends on my mood. But uh, I feel like this one definitely, you know, rises above. And I'm not going to necessarily put it on a top ten list or anything like that. But it's it's certainly worth your time. And uh, and I think that the foreshadowing that's sure. involved is, is really quite nice as well. Yeah. Um, and the so. costumes. 
I'd die for. You know, Jean-Pierre Gorliac did an amazing job on these costumes. It really did. I, I mean, you know, I, I, he, he, as he said in our interview, is not high on the awards and all that sort of stuff, but sure. uh, I, I think that there's a reason why he got nominated for Emmy in this. And, uh, I, I, you know, the, the production team apparently was even focused on saying, like, we want to, you know, we want to give him the opportunity to really shine. And, you know, Matt, I think, mentions that in his book about... Um, uh, uh, about how this episode was really kind of an opportunity for him to do that and, and, and hopefully have a chance at getting that nomination, which he did. So, um, and the production values overall are just great. And, and, and I think that, uh, there's some nice performances and, uh, Oh, one last thing that I did that just popped into my brain is that not only did JG Hertzler play, uh, Martok on deep space nine, but he was actually also in an episode of enterprise called judgment with Scott Bakula playing a Klingon, and uh, part of the episode has uh, to do with a discussion of honor, which even makes the, the line about you have no honor even better. better yeah, so uh, yeah, because because like Archer is being put on trial um, for you know like crimes against the Klingon government or whatever. For sure, and, and I don't know if I honestly can't remember if it's Herzler that plays his lawyer or not, but it's, it's, it's actually a very good episode. In fact, it's one of Scott Bakula's favorite episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. I'm going to blow your mind here. More time has passed between now. No. And when that episode of Enterprise aired. No. Then when that episode of Enterprise aired and when that episode of Quantum Leap Quantum Leap aired. Wrap your mind around that. (laughs) I don't know if I want to. Yeah. All right, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're out of here. We're going to leap on out. Yeah, join us next week for MIA. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at www.quantumleappod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fates Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time.